This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris Welcome back. I want to talk a little bit today about a topic that is affecting all of us right now on some level. I know this from the conversations that we have in my own home, and that topic is fear. You should be afraid. Everybody should be afraid. seems like the uh, media is constantly pushing fear onto us, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel that way? Everything's just another uh, rage. This latest uh, news... Breaking news always seems to uh, revolve around some kind of fear, but this latest breaking news revolves around the ultimate fear, the fear of women and children being murdered, gunned down, shot in the back. It's horrible, really. It's a fear that grips everybody. It's a headline, women, babies, and children being murdered brutally. That's going to instill fear in anybody. And we're hearing it every day, called kill, kill, kill on both sides. But have you ever stopped to think why? Why are we constantly pitted against each other? It's because hate creates fear. And unfortunately, hate and fear are all the media feeds us. But here's the question. When will people want hope? When will we start seeking positive stories and uplifting news. Never happened in my lifetime. It's easy to blame the media for this constant bombardment of fear, but the truth is they give us what we want. Fear sells. It grabs our attention and it keeps us hooked. I hear people throwing out the term fear porn. People want their daily dose of fear porn. Maybe it's time for a change. Maybe it's time for us to demand some more hopeful and inspiring stories. And that's my question to you. When will you want hope? When will you choose to focus on the positive aspects of life instead of being consumed by fear? I'd encourage you to think about this. I myself have this quest, believe it or not, for a more positive and hopeful world. We need it. We need it now more than ever. Anyway, that's my opening monologue. Well, the whole show's a monologue. The whole podcast is a monologue. But that was the opening, so I guess it's fair to call it the opening monologue. <laughs> what else do we want to talk about? I think that's about it for today. Let's just leave it on a high note, shall we? It might be the best thing we could do. Um, I have a good story for you. I created a little video. didn't post it anywhere. It's been quite a while since I've made any videos. And uh, I'll tell you what happened. I got this electric bike, as you know. And a while ago, I'd gotten a um, very popular uh, camera for filming adventure action kind of stuff. Recreation, I guess you could say. And um, anyway, it's too complicated to use. I can't stand it. I just, and I've heard many other people say the same. It's like they get it, get it out of the box, and put it right back in the boxes where it sits. So anyway, I found this little $40 body camera on Amazon. And uh, I grabbed it. I see, you know, 40 bucks, I'm going to take a chance. So it's great. Press record, it records, you plug it into the computer, it pops right up in the file explorer, and you can download the file. 
and then you need some editing. It took me a little bit to get through that, and I actually switched to a different video editing software that allows me to make voiceovers very easily, which is my thing. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about when I say that. So, um, the outcome of all this was a incredible bike ride, an incredible view of it, film of it, uh, that I can't show you at this time for a variety of reasons. Um, and also, I think I've stumbled upon some great video software that I'm kind of excited about. Not sure what, if anything, I want to do with it, but um, it has a little ring to it. I can tell you, too, that I just am really itching to do something in the positive genre. I really am. Um, as I prepared that opening for this podcast, um, it really was a reflection, a lot of what I see in my own life and my family's life. And as the father of our household, what I see that we need, and it's hope, um, faith and hope, that's always going to be the case. And I suppose it's always that fear and hatred maybe is the opposite. I don't know. I know that uh, fear and hate are dangerous. Look at how a scared dog reacts. You know, it's funny. You know the dog that makes me nervous most? It's not the pit bull. She walks around with her swagger. I I grabbed them all by the neck this weekend. Not by the neck, like choke them. Don't get any crazy ideas. But I grab them by the scruff of their neck, you'd call it. How they're carried as puppies. Well, they don't like it when they're adults, I can tell you that. Um, But I grab them there on purpose. It doesn't hurt them. But it's me taking basically complete control of the dog. They don't like that. Um, But the one that makes me nervous is the shepherd. You know why? Because he gets scared easier. When I grab him, he gets nervous, and I see his teeth. That's partly why I do it, to train him to be able to deal with that. And he's never done anything. He's always handled it. I mean, he's a good dog. But the pit bull, she's just like, you, can, you know, she's like, you're not going to bother me. And if you do, I'm just going to bite your arm off. You don't have to really think about it a whole lot. Um, but anyway, this idea of something different than fear, it's been on my mind for a while, something I'd like to get into. It's just, it's no way to live. Um, and I have a bunch of different ideas on how I could do that. And I don't know that I want to do some, any change to the podcast, really. It's just maybe a, a separate project or, you know, it doesn't have to be an everyday thing. I don't know if I just want to create some videos. I might just do some fun biking videos. One of the ideas I had with this bike, you know, I'm having a great time riding this thing. And this video is not that great. I got to, you know, play around and come up with a format that's interesting. What's the, what do they call that stuff you watch to ASMR, A-S-M-R? I don't know what that stands for, but it's just like monotonous stuff you watch to fall asleep. You'll see that label on some of the videos. I don't know if I just, you know, riding the bike and, and me talking is uh, good, to, good to make people fall asleep. How's that for uplifting? How's that for faith and hope? Hey, this will put you to sleep. Well, you know, rest is good, right? Maybe it is a good thing. Anyway, I got to play around a little bit more, play around with the format. This is one idea I had is make, make some videos out on the trail, ride my bike, and maybe there's a message behind it to talk about whatever, such as the absolute beauty of being out with the wind in your hair. And there really is something to it. People say, I'm nuts. 
tell me, they look at me like I'm nuts. They think I'm nuts. And maybe I am, but I'll tell you what's not nuts. Being outside, and I know I say it a lot, but you want to um, you want to improve your outlook, you want to improve your mood in every way imaginable. Just get outside. Get outside in the yard. You'll realize that there's no boogeyman out there. Hamas isn't in your backyard. Maybe for somebody it is, but not where I'm at. I don't really have to worry about all these problems of the world, certainly not all the time. And I, I say this, I was thinking about this, I was listening to somebody, um, a daughter has cancer, and she's getting chemo and radiation. I'm thinking, God, how can that be good for you? Well, she's got to do it. She's got a young family. It's very hard on the father. But um, I think that this with the radiation, I think it's, it, you need it on some level. You need that exposure to the sun. I think it's like an essential nutrient that's overlooked. I really do. Maybe other things as well. Get outside. Look up at the sun. Let, let the sun rest on your face and just see how good it feels. Everybody I see, it's like we become a bunch of vampires. They come outside, cover up and pull a hat down and big, dark, thick sunglasses and Big incestual-looking creatures walking around with these sunglasses on. Let the let the sun hit your face. Let your eyes take it in. I don't know somebody out there. No, skin cancer, fear, fear. And look at when I when I see it the way I see it, I find it laughable. Cover up, lather up. I say the opposite. Go out there. I'm with the Dr. Mercola's. Go get some sun. All right. Well, let's cover some of the uh, not-so-good stuff, shall we? At least give you a little, a little update on the real world. Last week, Senator Rand Paul was saying that there's enough. No, he said there's overwhelming evidence to send Dr. Fauci to prison. This is crazy. When you add that up to another, a long list of stories of people, either either should be killed or go to prison. It's crazy. Um, footage of Iranian lawmakers chanting death to America, circulating after Biden sent uh, $6 billion, you know, which we have to constantly be reminded. None of it's arrived. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, what about the other $94 billion? Um, the uh, CIA analysts are saying that Hamas weapons are 100% funded by the United States. Whether the source is Ukraine, Palestine, or Afghanistan is unknown, I say bunk. I'm sure they know exactly where they came from. Lindsey Graham wants the United States to bomb Iran. Hmm. Uh, the European Union sent a letter to Elon Musk threatening expulsion of Twitter in Europe. For Israel, Gaza, disinformation, which is really information that they don't like. And it's amazing the, um, the, the, the impact of this information coming out, the, the, the writhering vampires, like, uh, like they've been exposed to sunlight. The truth, the truth came out, and the media doesn't like it. Um. Biden drew down the strategic oil reserves during the midterms. Now we have no strategic oil reserves. 
Guess what that means? No buffer for future price changes, which seem to be coming. Uh, our enemies are taking the long game. Um, and we don't have a, the strategic oil if we get into a, a situation militarily or something like that. Steve Scalise withdrew from the Speaker of the House uh, race. Jim Jordan seemed to have support, but not the votes. Uh-oh, we got a problem. Did you hear about the story about the liberal journalist Josh Kruger shot and killed in Philadelphia? White uh, liberal guy um, was shot by a black 19-year-old who claims that this guy Kruger this activist, this white guy who was, you know, helped the disadvantaged guy, shot by this black kid who said that he um, had been raped by this guy Kruger since he was 15. Because of the uh, Hamas call for a day of jihad, uh, NYPD has ordered all their police in uh, starting Friday the 13th. They'll be full staff. Uh, Zelensky was afraid that his support for Ukraine was going to dry up, so the United States sent him another $200 million. Where did this come from? I thought it wasn't approved by Congress, but yet it happens anyway. How can that be? What kind of, what kind of uh, democracy, what kind of republic? I don't know. So I wanted to share this story, something a little different than uh, the main headlines. And this is a story about Harvard University, the costs there. Uh, You've got many people graduating from Harvard with massive student loans. And not only that, like many colleges and universities, while they're there living under these loan programs, uh, they can barely afford food in many cases. So, you know, these uh, students who struggle, uh, but there's more to this story, too. Um, But let me just stick with the the Harvard story. Here you have a massive uh, graduate study program. You have these graduate students who basically work for the college for free. Remember I said that. And um, and they're not even making enough to live on. And when they're done, they're going to have this, you know, great degree from Harvard. um, But... They're so deep in debt, they can't afford to pay the loans back. Meanwhile, the school is sitting on a $53 billion endowment. And um, it says government endowment. But I I haven't had a a chance to look into what that means. So let's not read too much into it. But $53 billion endowment. On top of that, Last year, the school had an operating surplus, a profit, if you will, a net profit, if you will, $300 million. I'm not aware that any of this money gets taxed. So I say to myself, self, and I knew it was me because I recognized my voice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The first thing I thought is, you know, how much money is the faculty making? Well, I took the payroll budget wages and benefit costs, and I found out how many people work there. It turns out to be $130,000 per year per staff member, including benefits. It's not a wildly high number at all, really. So, okay. Um, 
so many billions invested, positive cash flow, not overpaying staff. Why is it so expensive? Well, 23,000 students at Harvard, many of them also working and helping for free. Why then are there 20,000 employees at Harvard? 20,000 employees to 23,000 students. I'm sure there's an easy explanation for this. What actually goes on at Harvard? Because it can't be teaching at a a ratio of one-to-one when the graduate students are uh, picking up a, a, a big part of that burden? What the heck's going on? What is Harvard really about? And they said, government-funded endowment? Is Harvard really some kind of uh, elite government? I don't know. What's really going on at Harvard? Does anybody know? We have to have somebody here that listening that has ties to Harvard to understand. There's got to be some kind of research they're involved in. Is any of it political by any chance? Uh, overturning democracies by any chance? I don't know. Maybe somebody does. You could let me know at info at Christopher Scott Show. Com. I do know this. A lot of these young people are just getting blatantly ripped off, right? Here's, listen to this, all right? Uh, you know we have a problem with illegal immigration, people coming across our border. There's some goofy stuff going on with the banking. And I saw that the White House or Biden or whatever said that banks better not discriminate on providing loans for on immigration status. This is nuts. This is nuts. What what are you going to do? You're going to lend money to somebody, and they're not from this country. They don't pay it back. You can't even go through the bankruptcy process because they're going to just disappear. Anyway, it's a big problem. I've been talking about it for years. I've said this has been going on my whole adult life. They just... Waves and waves of people pouring in here. Um, Just like college students, they end up as an indentured servitude, right? That's why the government, lend them money. Give them some money. Lend it to them. Make them pay it back with interest. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that works out. Listen to this, though. (laughs) This is in Chicago. I'm going to tell you where the problem really lies. The headline is that Chicago revolts against sanctuary city status in a new poll as taxpayers will begin to pay for a 15,000-person migrant center. But who is revolting against this sanctuary city status? Whites across Chicago (laughs) are very much in favor of of keeping sanctuary city by double digit margins non-whites hispanics and blacks are overwhelmingly in favor of ending sanctuary city status this is unbelievable to me what what kind of psychosis is going on with the white people in chicago i can only imagine look who they elected as governor um Meanwhile, I thought I'd mention this. Pakistan is going to deport millions, um, and the U.N. is complaining about it. Who is Pakistan deporting? Uh, Islamists, I'm pretty sure. 
No. Afghans. Wow. Pakistan is going to deport 1.7 million Afghans. I had a, 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 a thought on this. I used the term irredeemable people. This is dangerous talk. When these conversations start happening. It's freaky to me. But I've thought this myself. Just here in the West Philadelphia and North Philadelphia, there's huge neighborhoods. Um, and I'm not being racist about it. These, the, those two happen to be black neighborhoods largely. You could go up to the uh, belt just before the Pocono region, just on the, on the, on the southern eastern edge of the Pocono region. Tamaqua, Coldale, Lansford, um, Lehighton. These are just also uh, riddled with drug infestation, um, child, um, uh, you know, um, defilement, pedophilia, strange behaviors, mental illness. It all kind of runs together. People that have lost all hope, people that have faith in nothing at this point. How does it happen? What do you do? Can it be fixed? How do you redeem these communities that that just become barely human in many ways? It's true. It's not just Hamas. It's not just black or brown or white. It's these different parts of society. Why? And I've concluded that there's some kind of a tie between lack of faith, loss of faith, sometimes replaced with these, you know, demigod religious leaders or whatever that are spreading this false teachings and things like that in the name of religion that draws a lot of emotion and support. But um, a loss of, of faith, there's a tie there. But there, and the mental illness part, and, and you've, seen, you've seen it. Some of these people you'll see, they just... You, you, there's no human being there, no capacity to think and reason like uh, what you would call a normal human adult, right? Why? Mental illness, years of drug abuse, years of other abuse. Uh, who knows? Many, many things. What do you do about it? But I had another theory on I don't know the answers to these things. Uh, I don't think that, you know, hate and killing, um, it, it seems like an easy solution. But I, I don't, I don't, I believe that it, the only thing that it ultimately achieves is complete decimation. Really, um, I don't want to get too deep into that. Um, but what, what do you do with these, with these people who are so lost? And how's it happen? I had another theory on it. I had no data to back this up, but I wonder how much of it has to do with um, interbreeding in too close of family lines. You know, uh, I don't think, you know, like here in this country, it's illegal to marry your cousin. And it's against our religious values. Is that the case in, in Islam? How can it be the case where there is no religion or it's barely evident, right? Like Afghanistan, you know, and I don't know if that's the best example. Some of their laws they uphold very, very effectively. Can you marry your cousin in Afghanistan? I'm going to bet that you can. 
And I'm going to bet that the 30-year-old male can marry the 10-year-old cousin or something crazy like that. And what is the impact of that generationally? I think we may know. I think we may know. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to be the one to, to sort it out. California is looking at a new law that would force people with mental illness or addiction issues into care against their will in some cases. Is this the right thing to do? I believe that uh, there are already ways that people can be committed if they're a a danger to themselves or others, I think is typically the standard for that. Uh, But I don't think it's, it's easy to do. Do you want government making that decision? I don't need any help. Oh, yes, you do. (laughs) No, really, I'm quite fine. Oh, no, you're not. You know, what are the risks that it becomes political? I'm going to say, if you listen to the way people are talking, it's pretty high. Liberalism is a mental disorder. What do you think? They're going to pass this law, then they get a Republican governor, and he says, good, all of you liberals go to the mental hospital. I mean, listen, there's a solid case to be made for this kind of thing. And liberals would make their own case quite effectively, I'm sure. <laughs> In case you haven't noticed, the conservative politicians, they, they tend to go back and forth on their word about as much as the liberals do. We're about one for one on that, I think. But anyway, I find it ironic that uh, at a time when California wants to force people to take care, uh, meanwhile, medics in Seattle uh, being sued, because they delayed aid to a dying man, a 911 call came in, but it was an apartment building that they were told was too dangerous for the paramedics to enter without any security. Now they're being sued for that. Hmm. So you're going to force the largely white first responders into these largely non-white Situations where they don't have proper security? Is that fair? Either way, the taxpayers are going to pay to sort it all out. I wanted to mention this. I mentioned this casually before, and I thought, you know, uh, I was cleaning up some stuff in my swipe file, and I thought, before I put this away and archive it, I want to mention this story again. Passport-free travel. Hmm. This would be like a um, cash-free society. You don't everything. You don't have to pay for anything. <laughs> that's that's what that's what would be the, the new name for digital currency. Free. You see, it's amazing to me how the the media, the government, anybody who wants to make change, how they realize the importance of words and their meanings. If I say to you, digital ID, oh, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? What a barcode tattooed on my hand? There's people ready to do that, would you? You could get rid of your wallet and your phone in exchange for a little implant behind your ear, right on your jawbone. That would allow you to talk, communicate through the microphone, and it would allow you to hear without interrupting your eardrums. You ever heard of this? What's it called? Bone-on-bone sound. It's very effective. I have a a set of these headphones. Great for working. Um, Little chip implant right behind your ear. That's all. It's only take a second. You barely feel it. 
And with that, you'll no longer need a phone, right? You could just, you, anybody could call you, you could, whatever you're doing, no recharging needed. It would operate off the naturally occurring current in your body. Let's not talk about that though, because then we're going down like a whole Tesla rabbit hole and people are going to start asking about free power and stuff like that. Um, but just suffice to say that no batteries needed, self-charging, um, phone-free, hands-free, wallet-free, um, free chip. <laughs> Everything's got to be free. Would you do it? How many people would do it? If Apple came out with it, how many people would do it? If Apple came out, this is probably all the new Neuralink thing is, if I had to guess. They're calling it a brain implant. I bet you it's more of just a, a receiver on the back behind your ear, if I had to guess. I don't know. I haven't even looked into it. That you could make calls. and I mean, think about the power of it. I'm sure you could have a mode where if I was giving a speech and you wanted to pipe in information or have AI help. AI, I'm going to give this speech. I want you to just keep me on track. And a little voice in your ear would do just that. How many people would sign up for it? If Apple offered it, how many people would sign up for it? I don't know. I'll bet you it would be huge, huge numbers. What if the government required it? Hmm. Interesting. Well, maybe not require. You see, this is another word that gets very difficult. What if instead just said, you know, the only way you can fly or buy anything <laughs> is if you have the implant? So I see this story really as the beginning of all that. I really do. And even if it never fully gets to that, by having digital ID, which we virtually already do, go Google your name for a couple of bucks. You can unlock some of the dirtiest, darkest secrets about somebody. Nobody has any privacy anymore. Everything that you've ever done online is somewhere. And now they just want to make it a little more formalized, a little bit easier. Digital ID. I think it's already here. Here, I'll prove it to you. Uh, this made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I said to you about the banking and immigration status and what the president said. Well, what does that mean in practical terms? What does that mean to me? I'm not a banker. Well, I worry. I was like, when people start borrowing and then they just leave the country. I mean, you could very easily enact a... Uh, a financial uh, storm on us, right? Borrow a bunch of money and take it out of the country. Buy weapons and take them out of the country. It's crazy when you think about it. I went to the bank last week to make a withdrawal. Cash, as I still use on a regular basis. And um, the teller says to me, okay, hold on a minute. I'm going to send you a form. You're going to have to click it and say okay. Or enter your PIN. I said, what is this? He said, it's an added level of security. I, I'm going to tell you how enraged I was. I get a text on my phone. I have my driver's license, my debit card, not to mention the fact that the lady knows me. And now they're going to send as an added security measure. We'd like to text you to confirm that it's your phone. How do they do that? With an IP address. What is a six, eight-digit code? And then I put in my pin that they confirm that it's me on the other end of it. So what did they just do? 
they're saying that they won't accept my driver's license or the card that they issued me. That they're moving to those numbers as a form of identification. It's already done. They just logged it. The IRS, I'm sure, has access to all that. It's unbelievable to me. Already done. And then uh, passport-free travel. Singapore, Shanghai. Is it no, Changi? I don't know how you say it. I don't know how to pronounce these words. Some airport in Singapore. Will introduce automated immigration clearance <laughs> using biometric data. Oh, okay. Allowing passengers to depart without passports starting in 2024, which also has to mean that there's now a file behind it. Biometric technology and facial recognition software already in use at the airport. The upcoming changes aim to reduce the need for physical travel documents, reduce the need for cash, wallets, and phones. Passports will be required for countries outside of Singapore that do not offer passport-free clearance. So this will be only for certain people will get it. Um, Biometric identification is seen as the future of travel with other airports around the world already implementing facial recognition um, and digital IDs. Isn't that interesting? They admit it right there. Digital IDs, not passport-free travel. Major U.S. airlines have been experimenting with biometric check-in, bag drops, and boarding gates. Well, so are the computers. They're experimenting with it all over. Microsoft with the, the, the uh, face authentication and Apple. And you're just going to watch as the world becomes more and more dystopic. You better hope. You know, the, the, here's, here's where the, 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 the real fear should reside. In the convergence of all this tracking and information and the fear and hate. And, and it will be our, our mutual assured destruction, which sure seems to be the path that we're on. But it doesn't have to be. And it's not what anybody wants. So don't believe the hype. But I also wouldn't be uh, taking advantage of any, quote, passport-free travel. I'll say no thanks. I'll just go ahead and carry the papers. I know it's a heavy load to bear, but I'm a big guy. I can do it. Hey, God willing, I'll be back. I'm going to post this Sunday. It's Saturday here as I've recorded this. I'm going to put it up on Sunday. My intentions is uh, is three podcasts next week, have I been, as I've been doing. I know that uh, the audience isn't appreciating as much as I am, but it really has freed me up a little bit, and uh, I'm going to stick with that for right now. What can I tell you? Uh, we're coming up here on the end, so I'm going to sign off. All that to say, uh, make it a great day. I'm going to see you back here in a day or two. When I see it, hopefully uh, I'll keep playing around with the videos. I'll have something to show you on that front and something a little interesting to see. God willing, I'll see you in a day or two. Make it a great day.